Praise God. Good to be in the house of the Lord on this great Wednesday night. Always excited to be in the house of the Lord. And if you're here today, it's your very first time, we just want to say that you're an answer to our prayers. Every week we do pray for God to bring in friends and guests here into our church. And if that's you here today, we just ask one thing. Can you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Anyone here for the very first time tonight, you can just slip your hand up real quick and then just put it right back down. Anyone here for the very first time? I know there's some people here for the very first time, so why don't you just raise your hand up right now and put it right back down. Praise the Lord. A church going once, going twice. Why don't we give the people here today a clap for being here in the house of the Lord tonight. And I, knew, I know if you're here today and it's for your very first time, we do have a special place set up for you, your family, and friends. After our service, right through these double doors, down the hall to the left, through another set of double doors, we have our awesome care team. We'll let you know about all exciting events taking place in the coming weeks and months here at New Harvest Church. And when they got refreshments, snacks, if you need prayer, you want to know more information, our amazing care team will let you know about all the things that are taking place here in our church. And uh, we just concluded our Roman series. We had a great time going through the book of Romans. And now we're going to be stepping into uh, the book of Ephesians. And today we'll be talking about uh, grace unveiled. But before we do, we're going to show a, a short bumper so you guys can get into the mode of the book of Ephesians. So we're going to go ahead and lower the lights. And then we're going to go and show this video tonight. you guys ready for the book of Ephesians? So we're going to go chapter 1 and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4. Book of Ephesians chapter 1 and we're looking at uh, chapters 1 through 4. Tonight's title is uh, Grace Unveiled. Amen? Verse 1, the Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, it says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. So why don't we stop there? He says, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we give God praise right now? Why don't we just give him praise? Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you worship. We give you all the praise that your name deserves, Lord. And right now, Lord, we just praise your name, God. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing tonight inside of this place. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord, in the book of Ephesians. Lord, as you show us, God, your word, as we grow and mature, God, in your ways, Lord, we pray that you would bless marriages through this series, bless singles, bless young adults, teenagers, children, Lord. Men and women of all ages, God, bless our congregation through this awesome series, Lord. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, Lord, for all the things that you're doing inside of our life and all of God's people said. That's what Paul did. He said, praise be to the Lord. Father, 
of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Verse 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. This evening, Paul was uh, preaching to this church in Ephesus, a church that he started there. And the city of Ephesus was known for uh, m much idol worship, much, much uh, false doctrine, much uh, contention. It was known for everything that you could think of that could go wrong in a church because the reality is there's no such thing as a perfect church. But the church in Ephesus was a unique church because the church of Ephesus was a mother church that started other churches, like the seven churches in the book of Revelations. Those churches were started from the uh, church in Ephesus. It was an amazing church where the gospel spread all throughout the providence of Asia Minor. And God had used uh, this letter to encourage the people in Ephesus to not think the way they used to think before they came to Christ because this congregation in Ephesus was a scandalous congregation before they came to the Lord. But all of a sudden, God began to do a new thing inside of their life. He began to renew their mind. How many are thankful that God began to renew our mind? Oh, man. God began to renew our mind, and now you and I, we have the mind of Christ. No longer the, the, the ghetto mind. No longer the scandalous mind. No longer the carnal mind. No longer the fleshly mind, but we have the mind of Christ. All of a sudden, those shenanigans, they ended, and you and I are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. We're a new man. You're a new woman. We're not the same. God started doing this work inside of our life. Was, it's really exciting what God has done for us, huh? Man, God has been so faithful. Some of you guys are so blessed. You're so blessed. I'm not talking about material things. We're going to see through the word what true blessings are. The Bible says this. It says in our text, it says, For he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, this is not something that's future tense. This is something that Paul's talking about as present tense, that even now, even now, you and I are seated in heavenly realms. And you and I are blessed even now with spiritual gifts, spiritual blessings that Christ paid for on the cross of Calvary. That was his work, not ours. But the exciting thing is that God has blessed us with spiritual blessings. So when you think about blessings, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Money. What's the second thing that comes to mind? Your job. What's the third thing that comes to mind? Uh, your spouse. That those are the blessings of life. Those are the blessings. Those are the blessings of the covenant. And those are part of it. But that's not uh, the whole scope of, of blessing. Tonight I want to talk about spiritual blessing because the reality is this, is that the enemy can bless you with physical blessings that are really a curse if they're pulling you away from God. See, a true blessing is a spiritual blessing that's found in heavenly realms that God blesses us with. The Bible says this, he blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This evening, how many want to enter into a heavenly realm? We know that Pastor uh, Reuben is going to be looking over chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at spiritual battles, spiritual realms. 
um, their spiritual realms, and he's going to be covering that at the conclusion of this series. But you and I, we see in this text that there's heavenly realms, that you and I are in a spiritual battle. Uh, and the, the battle is not against uh, flesh and blood, but the battle that you and I are in is, is a true battle. It's a, it's a spiritual battle that you and I are in for our destinies, for our families, for our children, for our, 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 the call of God over our life. And it's so important that you and I understand that there's different realms that you and I can go into. But the realms that you want to be in is you want to be in these heavenly realms because in the heavenly realms, you and I find the power for the battle that we're in. And... There's other realms that you and I can go to that they're good realms, but they deplete us of spiritual energy. They're, they might not be bad, but you and I are not being edified, and you and I are not being encouraged. And, you know, you and I go bowling, or you and I go to a football game. It's not a bad thing, but you and I are gonna, not, not going to walk out of that place going, man, I really feel like serving Jesus right now. There's spiritual blessings that you and I want in following these heavenly realms. So I'm going to talk about these heavenly realms because the reality is, is there's some realms that you and I should not enter into. There's some parts of towns we shouldn't go to. Because you'll get depleted of your spiritual energy. You want to go back to the old Ephesus, the old carnal person that you were, that I was. There are realms that we don't want to go into. There's movies that we don't want to watch. Rated R movies. PG-13 movies. Game of Thrones. All these shows that will deplete us desensitize us to spiritual truth. Desensitize us and deplete us. And you and I are not going to walk out of that movie theater saying, man, I just really want to go tell somebody about Jesus right now. I really feel like going on a 30-day fast right now. I really feel like praying for two hours right now. You and I are going to say, you know what, I feel like being carnal right now. Spiritual blessings, spiritual realms. And there's many people that are depleted and defeated there's many people that are depleted and defeated because they're not going into the heavenly realms. They think, that's what happens when I get to heaven. The Bible says, Jesus said, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That God wants to give us some fresh bread. How many want to get that bread? I want to get that bread. I want to get that bread, that daily bread that's found. It's, it's, it's not found at the Outback Steakhouse. It's not found at Fruit for Less. It's not found at Stater Brothers, but it's found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There's this bread that you and I will have that, that no man can take away, that, that when you're hungry for God and you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Bible says that we're blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness and that we will be filled. This evening, we need to have a spiritual hunger going on inside of us. We, want, we don't want to be depleted. We don't want to be defeated. But we want to get into those heavenly realms that God wants us to be in. The first heavenly realm I want you to go into, I want to go into today, is found in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 1. Paul says this. He says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Everyone say, thank you, Jesus. When you and I are thankful... And we have an attitude of gratitude. It changes our mindsets. It changes our spirit. It can change the atmosphere when you walk into a place with a heart of gratitude. When you have an attitude of gratitude. Anyone can spot a bad attitude. 
A bad attitude will just tear things down. But when you have an attitude of gratitude that you're thankful for your wife, one amen. That you're thankful for your wife. That you're thankful for your spouse. You're thankful for your ministry. That you're thankful for what God has done in your life. You're, you're thankful for all the blessings that God has blessed you with. Why you say, Pastor, you know, I'm not driving a Tesla yet. That's not the only blessings I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual blessings that are found in the heavenly realms. And the way you get into the heavenly realm, the Bible says, I will enter into your gates with thanksgiving. There's no other way. We're not going to get into the gates of God by having a sour, bad attitude. The only way that we'll get into the gates of God is you and I got to have an attitude of gratitude saying, God, I'm thankful that I could take one more step forward and that I'm still breathing and that you're still faithful and that you're still good, Lord, and that you're, you're coming soon. I'm thankful for that. When you have an attitude of gratitude, you step into the gates of your destiny. That's the only way we get there is when you and I have an attitude of gratitude. September 11th uh, was, was a terrible day. Many of the people that uh, lost spouses, they, they began just to lose their lives. They, they began to become so heartbroken. They did a study on some of them, and they noticed some of them that got out of it. Some of them that made it through that tough time through their life. And what they noticed in the study was that those people who made it through were those who were thankful. Those who had gratitude. And maybe you're here today and you're in the fight of your life. Maybe you're here today and you're facing things in your marriage or you're facing things in your health or you're facing things inside of your life or in your mind and you don't know how you're going to make it through. I want to say the way you're going to make it through is by having an attitude of gratitude saying, God, I'm thankful, God, for all the things that you've done inside of my life, God, and I'm thankful, God. We can even prophesy our future, God. I'm thankful because you are going to bless me, Lord. I'm thankful, God, that you're on the throne, God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you're coming soon, God. I'm thankful thankful, God, even for our circumstances are not so good. We can say, God, I thank you, Lord, that I know you're with me right now and that you're going to be with me through this whole process. And there's victory in store. There's victory in store, church. Paul, he said, let's be thankful. But another thing that we see in this text in verse 16, he says, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Paul constantly, we find that theme of Paul going back to uh, my goal is, you know, to my goal is to know him. You know, you think about your goals. Maybe you have a five-year goal. I want to be a millionaire in five years. Maybe you have a five-year goal. I want to move to Nebraska in five years. Maybe you have a five-year goal, I want to get through college in five years. You have all these goals. And goals are not bad. Goals are good. You and I, we should have goals. But the amazing thing that we see is Paul's goal is amazing, that I might know him. Not that I may be a more prestigious apostle or that I may touch more lives. He goes, I want to know him. Now that's powerful. See, a lot of people want to be known But to know him, now that's intense. That's maturity. That's powerful. That's great. He said, to know him better. 
So in this text, we see four blessings that we'll go through. The first blessing that we see is spiritual blessings that are found in the heavenly realms that when you and I pray, when you and I are thankful. Can I say another heavenly realm that's not in my notes? Another heavenly realm that's not in my notes is the heavenly realm of being in God's word. So when you get into the Bible, it's a supernatural book that you step into a different realm. Because the Bible says that the book, the word of God, is living and active. So when you open up the Bible and you start begin to read, all of a sudden you begin to step into a spiritual realm. And that's why the Bible says that when you and I are in the word, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you and I are in the word of God, you and I begin to get what? We begin to get wisdom. We begin to get revelation. We begin to get insight. We begin to get built up inside of our life in our spiritual walk with God. Now, today, if you're just on your phone all day and you're not in the Bible and you're just on your iPad or your tablet and you're constantly looking at what's going on, constantly looking at football scores, you're constantly looking at all those things, I want to tell you, you're not going to get edified. You're going to get excited. But if your football team goes to the Super Bowl and loses, you're going to be very discouraged. But there's an undefeated champion that won the greatest Super Bowl of all time. And he's here tonight. The reality is this. If you ask for his autograph, he'll sign it in blood. He won't only give you the time of day. He's already given you his whole life. And we complain about, man, uh, God, I got to pray for 20 minutes when we could watch a football game for three and a half hours. So there's this thing where you're like, wow, this is huge. There's this huge offset of you thinking about, man, you know, it's so easy to watch a movie. It's so easy to go to the movies. It's so easy to, to do this. It's so easy to do that. But then we think about what God did for us, what Christ did for us on Calvary. And when you and I are not in that place, we're depleted and defeated. But we got to get into that realm of spiritual blessing. How many want to enter into that realm? Some of you are already there. You're in the fullness of it. You're like, yeah, I'm in that place. Some of you have been there, but you need to go back. Right? Have you ever been there? You got out of there, but you need to go back. You're, you're dry in your walk with God, but you need to give it to that place of a, a spiritual power, spiritual anointing in that place of prayer, in that place of God's word, in that place of fasting, in that place of uh, fellowship, in that place of Bible study, God, what does he do? He builds you up. The next blessing I want to talk about that you find in the, the heavenly realms is a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Wisdom and revelation. It's found in uh, verse 17. Paul prays for the, the church in Ephesus. He says that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You and I in our life, we're going to need God's wisdom. If you're single, you're going to need God's wisdom. Especially if you're single and you're ready to mingle. You're going to need God's revelation, God's wisdom, God's guidance. You're going to need God's strength. The next blessing that we see found in Verse 17, that when you and I are in that place of heavenly realms, we know him better. He begins to give us insight. He begins to give us encouragement and strength and power in that place where we're set apart. God builds us up. God strengthens us. It's a place of refuge. Have you ever been in a safe place? You know, in, in the Psalms, we see David many times. He's being chased by his enemies. And he runs into this place. That he calls a place of refuge, a high tower, 
a, a place of safety, a place where his enemies cannot come into. Now, the heavenly realms are a safe place. When you and I get into that place of prayer, when you and I get into that place of praise, and worship and raising our hands and, and speaking in tongues and giving God all the glory and all the honor, God begins to give us what? His safety, his protection, his direction, his provision in that place. That's why the enemy hates when we get to that place. He'll do anything to keep us out of that heavenly realm. To be seated in that heavenly, heavenly realm. The next blessing that we see is Found in verse 18 where God, he calls us his glorious inheritance. In the Old Testament, God, he constantly referred to Israel as his inheritance. But in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, and we've seen in the book of Romans, that God does not only call the Israelites his inheritance, he also calls the non-Jew, the, non the Gentile, his inheritance, his treasure. You're God's treasure. Wow. Man, man, we're God's treasure. There's some of you here today, you have an inheritance. Maybe you have 100,000 from your grandmother. Maybe some of you have a million, who knows. But you have this inheritance that you know on a certain date you're going to get that money. Something that you're excited about. If, if you knew that you had a $20 million inheritance, you'd be so excited right now. You'd be saying, Pastor Dan, I'm going to take you out to eat after church today. And I'm going to pay for you and your family and all your kids. <laughs> Even if you don't have that much money, you can still take me out to eat, me, my wife, and all my kids. <laughs> and this inheritance is, is something that you treasure. You know, if you have an inheritance, you're going to take care of it. You're going to get the right lawyers that you need. You're going to put it in the right bank account. You want it to build interest. You, you have a plan for your inheritance. But the Bible says that God says that us as Christians, as believers, that we're God's inheritance, that we're his treasured possession, that we're the apple of his eye. Man, that's some exciting news that, brother, you're the apple of God's eye. Sister, you're the apple of God's eye. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now, and I want you to tell them you're the apple of God's eye. And turn to your other neighbor too so it could be fair. Say, hey, you're the apple of God's eye. The blessings of walking in the inheritance of God. We are the apple of his eye that he loves us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for all of our sins, for all of our shame, for all of our guilt, for everything that we've done. That he went there on Calvary and he was thinking about you, brother. He was thinking about you, sister. You were on his mind. Every drop of blood that went down that day, none of it was wasted. Why? Because it was for you and it was for me. In all humanity. You might say, well, that's really not a big deal. I don't really understand what you're saying. Well, see, that's what grace is. Grace unveiled. Maybe you don't understand the concept of grace, but this is it, church. It's unmerited favor. Simple terms. Unmerited favor. Something that I don't deserve, something that you don't deserve. You say, well, why don't I deserve it? Because you are a sinner. I am a sinner, and we need a Savior. Chapter 2, Paul breaks it down for you and I. He begins to talk to the church in Ephesus. He says this in uh, verse 1. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you follow the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, 
the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Look at verse 3. All of us also lived among them at one time. Do you notice that Paul said all of us? He didn't say some of us. He said all of us. Every single one of us. He said the same thing in Romans. For all have sinned. Every single one of us. He says that again. All of us have lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. Some of you are saying, well, I didn't, haven't really did a lot. I grew up in church. I've only lied to my Sunday school teacher. I want you to understand this. Our best efforts fall short of a perfect God. For example, if, if you played basketball and you had a junior varsity team playing basketball, they, were, they weren't very good, we'll call those people the really bad sinners. And then you had a varsity basketball team, we'll call those the goody two-shoes. They were pretty good. They, ne they never cussed. They never been in jail. They never committed fraud. They're not as bad as the var junior varsity team, but they're still not professionals. Then you think about the 1991 Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, Bill Cartwright, John Paxson, Scottie Pippen. Imagine the Chicago Bulls going against the varsity basketball team. They would annihilate them. They would destroy them. So I want you to imagine the bad sinners as being junior varsity, the okay sinners being varsity, and I want you to imagine the championship team being God's standard. It's so far from it, but I'm just trying to give an example. You can never compare to it. You can never compare to it. You can never come close to it. You'll get destroyed by it because God is perfect. The Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. Even the best of our, our righteous things, there's always a, a motives that maybe are not right, maybe are selfish, maybe are prideful. God sees beyond that. He sees our heart. So even if you grew up today and you never stole and now and later at the gas station, you never cussed, you never ran away from home, you're still a sinner in need Christ. If you died without him, you'd still spend eternity in hell without him. There's two destinations, eternal life in heaven, eternal damnation in hell. There's two roads. The Bible says narrow is the way that leads to what? Eternal life. Paul breaks it down. He says, you know what? He begins to talk about himself. He goes, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was from the tribe of Benjamin. According to the law, I was blameless. He began to give his resume of who he was. He said, I was a good person. I knew the word of God. I knew all these things. I wasn't a bad person. Paul, he lived a very righteous life according to the standards of the Old Testament. But you know what Paul says about himself? He talks about himself being the worst of sinners. Because his self-righteousness, a self-righteous spirit is, is a spirit that, that, that is something that God despises. A pharisaical spirit is, is something that God despises. 
When we think that we're our own righteousness, our own merits, our, our, own, our, our own, you know, uh, uh, just uh, uh, what we do on our own strength, that that's going to get us into heaven. No, it's not, it's not going to be anything that we worked for. It's only one person who worked for it that made it happen. It, it wasn't in Danny's work. It wasn't in any of your guys' work. But it was on the finished work of Jesus Christ that he did on Calvary. Paul breaks it down. He gets really good. Verse 4, he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. For it's by grace you've been saved. He goes on to verse 7. He says, In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith and this is not of yourselves but it's a gift of God not by work so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do he said, you know what, you're, you're saved. It's not by your own efforts. It's not by your good looks. It's not by your charisma. It's not by who your mom is, who your grandma is. You're not saved by that, but you're saved by what? By the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary when he died for you and he paid the payment for our sins. That you and I, we find what? That he, this is an exciting. It gets really exciting because he says there, there's, this, there's this awesome thing. He goes, you're not saved by your works. You're not saved by these things that you do. He goes, but guess what? God has prepared good things for you to do. He got some great works for you to do. So even when we're doing something for God, we can never get excited and go, yeah, it's me. No, God prepared it. God made it. God's the one who's working it all out. Christ is the one who did it. For you and I. So maybe you're here and one day you're going to be preaching the gospel and always know it's never you. Maybe you're in Sunday school and you're preaching to the kids and all the kids are getting saved. No, it's not you. It's God working through you because he's prepared us for good works in advance that God chose you. God chose me. God has a destiny. God has a plan. God has a strategy for you. God has an anointing for you. God has a plan for you. I don't know. I'll be getting excited right now because God has a plan for your life. He has a destiny for your life that he chose you. Before the creation of the world, before the world was formed, God had you on his heart. He had me on his heart, and he knew what you were going to do for his kingdom. He placed you in this generation. He placed you at this time for such a time as this. God has a destiny for your life. We see that we are God's handiwork. We're his workmanship. Imagine Jesus. Jesus, we know what his occupation was. He was a carpenter. Carpintero. Jesus liked to work with his hands, his handiwork. He's working. Imagine a great carpenter doing a masterpiece, a beautiful thing to your life. See, many of us, we came to God, we were broken. Our lives were demolished, destroyed. You and I, we had no hope. We had no joy. We were dead in our sin. We were dead in our transgressions. We were dead. We had no joy, no peace, no hope. If many, if many of us didn't come to Christ, we would be dead right now, literally dead. But God, he chose you. He came in your life. He swooped in your life. 
you cried out to God. There was this, this awesome thing that took place. All of a sudden, you came through those doors, or you came through the old church doors, or you came through some church doors, you came through those doors, and every time you come through those doors, God does a new work in your life. Every time you're in the house of God, God does a new work inside of your heart. Every time you come through those doors, God releases you into your destiny, into your calling. Every time you walk through those doors right there, there's something that takes place spiritually inside your life because also church is a heavenly realm. We could have the worship team make their way up here. Because of his great love for us, because of his great mercy to us, you and I are alive again. The Bible says the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He's the man that you and I serve, Christ Jesus. He's the one that we have our eyes on, Jesus. The Bible says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, but it's a gift of God. I want you to think right now, what was the greatest gift you ever got throughout your life? Maybe it was your engagement ring. Maybe it was something from your father, from your mother, from a brother in Christ. And you remember when you got that, you valued it, you treasured it. You said, I'm never going to let it go. I'm never going to forget about it. But you know, as, as just being normal humans, we can forget the value of gifts that people have given to us. But there's one gift that the enemy always will work on and strategize for us to forget and that work is the work of God's grace in our life the Bible says that grace is a gift to us that God he had mercy on our lives and that you and I through the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I that what did he do he bought us back he redeemed us from the enemy and the Bible says that not only did he buy us back, but he brought us to, he takes us to our destiny, our calling. We walk into, why? Because of the gift that he's given us. That's a good news. Paul, he writes in Colossians, he says this about the work of Christ. In chapter 2, verse 13, he says, God made you alive with Christ. How many of you this evening are alive? How many of you are alive? In your walk with God, you're alive. You're, you're, you're not going on fumes. There's, there's some of you, you're on fumes. You're like, oh man, I just, I'm barely making it through those doors. I'm barely making it through those doors. Barely making it through those doors. Yeah, just keep on coming through those doors. But you're, you're going on fumes, maybe in your ministry, maybe whatever you're going through, you're going on fumes in your marriage, you're going on fumes in, in certain circumstances in your life. But there's one blessing that I forgot to mention, and I'm going to bring it up right now. Another blessing that's found in the heavenly realms is the blessing of God's resurrection power 
working inside of us. That the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, is living inside of me, is living inside of the person you're sitting next to. That there's this power, there's this energy, there's this, there's this substance that's going on. A couple days ago, me and my wife were at the AT&T store and, and we said, you know what, we need a portable charger. Because our phones die all the time, we need a portable charger. There's some Christians here tonight, you're dying. You're like on 1%, you're about to die. But I got good news, if you'll plug yourself into the heavenly realms with Christ, God will recharge you. He will strengthen you. He'll give you that power, that anointing, that favor, that strength that's going to get you through the times that you're facing inside your life. It's going to get you through that, that circumstance you're facing in your marriage. It's going to get you through the circumstance you're facing with your kids. It's going to get you that through the circumstance you're facing in your health. It's going to get you through those circumstances. Why? Because his power don't run out. His power don't run out. In those heavenly realms, God gives us his power and his anointing, his strength inside of our life. The Bible says God has made you a life with Christ. He forgave us of all our trespasses. We could throw those in the deepest ocean, never to remember those again. They're already there. Having canceled the debt ascribed to us by the decrees that stood against us, say, well, what does that mean? Our sins, they put us in a debt. We, we were in debt to all our sins and transgressions. Well, man, we were, we needed help. We need someone to bail us out. There was this debt of the lies and, and, and all those things. They were debts that we held. Some of you guys had a huge rap sheet. Some of you guys, maybe not as big, but we all had a debt that we could not pay. And that there was this judgment against us by the decrees, the Old Testament laws, the Ten Commandments, the uh, law. There was this decree against us, this judgment against us that none of us can keep. None of us can be perfect. None of us can walk in all the 613 commands of the Old Testament. None of us could. But he said he canceled the debt. Have any of you had a debt canceled before? Where your creditor says, you know what, I just want to say, the debt has been wiped away. You don't have to worry about it no more. Don't worry about it no more. Some of you say, Pastor, it's never happened to me. If you've been saved, God has canceled all those debts that you have owed. All the debts. All the debts. The Bible says he stood against us. He took them away, nailing them to the cross. So we see Jesus, the carpenter, going to work. Jesus, the carpenter, going to work. Men of God are hard workers. We follow the example of our Savior. Jesus had the nails on the cross doing his favorite work, carpenter work, with two pieces of wood, two nails, three nails, right there. He's hitting them. He's having the decree. He's nailing that decree to the cross. What happens at this time to all the principalities and powers and demons? The Bible says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them on the cross yes let's give God glory right now let's give him praise hallelujah we praise your holy name God 
worship your name. Triumph in victory over every situation. Triumph in victory tonight over every hopeless situation today. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence to touch lives. Those who came in this place not knowing what to do. I pray, Lord, by your precious Holy Spirit that you would empower them with the resurrection power that only comes for a personal relationship with you. Let us step out of every negative environment that depletes us and defeats us. Every website, every TV show, everything that contaminates us. Lord, everything that sets our heart off of you. Lord, and right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, let us redirect our heart to those heavenly places to hunger and thirst after righteousness in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here today, we can have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to God. And you're saying, Pastor Danny, I'm not saved. I want forgiveness of my sin. You heard the message. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And you're here today. You want your sins forgiven. You want your debt canceled. Raise your hand up today. Put your hand up. Say, I want Jesus in my life. I want Christ. Amen. I see that hand back there. Anyone else? You want Christ in your life. You want forgiveness of your sins. Raise your hand up. Raise it up. Amen. Another hand over there. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? You want Christ in your life. You want a personal relationship. Maybe you're a backslider and you've been running from God. Your mom brought you here today. Your dad brought you here today. Your a friend brought you here and you know you're not right with God. You want to get right with God. Don't wait till tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Raise your hand up. Right where you're at. Raise it up. Raise it up high. Don't be embarrassed. God loves you. I see that hand. Praise God. God loves you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? God loves you. He has a plan for you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that all the debts can be wiped away by the power, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Raise your hand up. If we could all stand here today in reverence to the Lord. If we could all stand and you're here today and you raise your hand. We have some awesome prayer partners to my left and to my right. We're going to pray with you. So if you raise your hand today, why don't you make your way up here today. Church, why don't we get excited? Why don't we get excited today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praising you, Lord. Giving you glory. Giving you honor. Giving you praise. Giving you worship. Let's get excited, church. More people are coming up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praising you, Lord. Giving you worship. Giving you praise. Heavenly realms are places where God rejuvenates us, refreshes us. The women that went on to, to the retreat this weekend, they were in a heavenly realm. They were in a heavenly realm. And when they came back, they brought it with them. They brought it with them. And one of them said something awesome during the testimony. She said, it doesn't have to stop. And she said, and if you weren't there, it's still for you. And you say, well, why is it still for me? Don't I have to work for it? It's already been taken care of by Jesus Christ. And you're here today say, I want power. I want anointing.